Sat Nam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. And let's breathe ourselves into the, into the room. And as you do so, breathe deep into the diaphragm. Experience the diaphragm's relationship with your pelvis. Become mindful of this vital area of your physical body. Become mindful of this vital area of your physical body. Oftentimes, the diaphragm simply sits without any attention. And it is known that energy flows where your attention goes. And so if the diaphragm has no energy, then the diaphragm can't perform its vital function. As the diaphragm moves, the pelvic floor moves, and the crown of the cranium, the bones, and the sutures move. They're all interconnected with the system of fascia. So experience the inverted dome of your pelvis. The dome and inverted dome of your diaphragm as it rises and falls. And the dome of the crown of your head. This is what is being mindful, being aware of the system in which you exist. Just like in driving a car, you're aware of the steering wheel, you're aware of the throttle, you're aware of the gear shift, you're aware of the brakes. You're aware of the clutch. You're aware of your turn signals. There are things in life that if you're not aware of them, you're simply careening and meandering through life like a ball on the field of play and you will end up wherever life kicks you. But it will be very difficult to end up where you want to arrive. When you begin to become mindful of all of these connections, 
You begin to reverse the momentum of your DNA. You begin to reverse the momentum of your fate. And you begin to live in the management of your destiny so that you can manage your life towards your destination, toward your chosen destination. This is the life of mastery. The other is a life of what is called normalcy. So with this in mind, this is the theme of the early stages of 2017. Don't move, but I'm saying you get up, you stand up, you stand on two legs. And two legs are not a balancing event. Two legs are a vulnerable event. Because nothing, not chairs, not tables, can stand on two legs. It takes three. But human beings, seven and a half million years ago, well, precursors to humans, if you want to follow the naming of science, began standing up. And it took us four million years to master this event of standing up on two legs. And what standing up on two legs did is it actually gave us an emotional body. In addition to other things, it gave us an emotional body that was much more sophisticated. Creatures walking on all fours, the pelvic bowl does not actually hold the glands and organs. The glands and organs dangle in the belly, and they're a bit of a jumble. Our pelvic bowl, which in this graphic is this event here, holds all of the glands and organs of the abdomen and the chest. And the only thing that separates the abdomen from the chest is the diaphragm, the largest muscle mass in your body. The way in which you stand is the way in which your organs and glands are situated. That's actually where the word organized comes from. It's the way they are organized. And the way that they are organized determines how they communicate with each other. Peptide from the liver will affect peptide from the spleen, peptide and hormone, will affect Peptide from the pancreas will affect peptide from the stomach, from the small intestines, from the kidneys. And it's the recipe, it's the combination of these peptides and hormones that give you actually this sense of what your sensory system is delivering. Because your sensory system delivers pure data. Your emotional body interprets it. 
and then the emotional body calls in the psych the psychological body the mental body the the brain mind connection to try to make sense of it and usually what happens is that the brain mind connection tries to make two dimensional sense of it because that's the way in which we feel the safest is it right is it wrong is it good is it bad is it safe is it dangerous these are all is it loving is it not loving these are the two dimensional attitudes and then from the two dimensional attitudes the combination of our mental body and our emotional body will produce a story and usually the first story is the story in support of the conclusion that we've drawn and it happens very rapidly and it happens so rapidly that there can't be any true contemplation it all happens in a nature of reaction and so what happens to human beings is that they store reactions over time oh, i can use this one here oh, i can use this one here it's like law when you go to a lawyer and they and you want them to drop a contract they have paragraphs that have already been written and they have programs with algorithms that will choose which paragraphs are going to go they check some boxes and when they've checked those boxes basically the algorithm composes the contract i mean because it would be extremely tedious and costly to retype the contract every time but that also means if we switch the metaphor to human life that we're not actually experiencing this moment we're experiencing a paragraph that we've saved because as we react to whatever it is that we are experiencing we're not actually having an a relationship with this moment we're having a reaction from another moment we're applying to this moment now that's going to change this moment it's going to distort this moment now imagine that hasn't just begun that has been reverberating and echoing through generations because your body is made up of the dna of your ancestors and you have entered this body it's like you didn't make your car your car was built at a factory your body was built at a factory it was called the factory of your gene pool now the beauty of it is is that your body is exactly what your incarnations required in this lifetime as a gift to my son and myself my wife gave my son and myself a bonding experience we went to a palmist who is probably the best palmist in the world his family lineage has been using has been palmist for 400 years so it's been passed from father to son for 400 years father to son mother to daughter however it's been passed He looked at my hand and he said you weren't supposed to have been born in America. 
And you weren't supposed to have been born in 1945. You were supposed to have been born in 1966. I thought, whoa, who got this all wrong? <laughs> I said, you're not making me feel very good right now. You know, I, I, I want to know about this lifetime, not about the lifetime that was supposed to have happened. <laughs> and he says, well, don't, don't worry. It's all worked out. The parents that you were to be born from were due to have a child in this incarnation and there was another opportunity but this was the opportunity that would have made you the age that you are right now so that you can do the work that you can do right now. So they canceled out your previous subscription. <laughs> I'm going, what's this? A business? <laughs> he says, yes. Life is a business. So they canceled out your previous subscription. They said, you're not going to be born in India you're in 1966. You're going to be born in America in, 19, in Seattle in 1945. And there you are. I said, yeah, but I died in the hospital late 1965. He says, of course you did. And I was revived. Of course you were. And shortly thereafter, I went to India. Of course you did. Says so that's how they make up the difference. So just understand that your life is exactly perfect. Your attitude sucks. <laughs> and your attitude is made up of your emotional body and your mental body, and you're interpreting what's going on in front of you not based on what's going on in front of you, but the distortions of what's going on in front of you based on the way in which you are utilizing your glands and your organs and your pelvis and your diaphragm and the crown of your head and your arms and your legs and everything. And that's just habit. And habits can be changed. But they have to be changed over time. You can't just stop it. No, I didn't mean to. That surprised a child because they didn't know the context in which it was happening. Give him a pat on the back, tell him it's okay. You can't just stop it. Stop it right now. Right? That's, that's great, isn't it? It's an idea <laughs> that doesn't work. No matter how many times that hasn't worked, you keep using it. And why do you keep using the things that don't work? Because you're not looking for a solution. You're looking for a resolution of your moment, the feeling in the moment you want to resolve. So when you put out this energy, when you put out this energy, it makes you feel righteous. It makes you feel better. It makes you feel right. But it doesn't change a thing. What happens is that you feel right and now you're completely out of touch with the situation because this situation isn't working. But you feel right. And that is the perfect example of the prideful ego. 
And that's why ego has gotten such a bad reputation over the centuries. You're not here to destroy your ego. If you destroy your ego, you die. Because the ego is what keeps you breathing. The ego is what keeps you living. The ego is what glues soul into body. Ego is what ego does. So what you want to do is you want to fuel your ego while you manage your awareness. Because the greater your awareness, the more you will respond to each moment with that awareness, which creates a connection with the moment. So you go, okay, stuff is happening. I've cleaned up my language. <laughs> stuff is happening. Not good stuff is happening. Hmm? You know the acronym for that, right? Not good stuff is happening. Let me sit with it. Because if not good stuff is happening, perhaps, just perhaps, it's my observation. Maybe something is happening that's quite neutral. Maybe something is happening that is actually quite constructive. Maybe it's constructive in, it's, maybe it looks disruptive in this moment in order to become dis, disruptive in this moment in order to become constructive in this moment. Like tearing down part of your house to build an addition. Very disruptive in this moment in order to become constructive in this moment. And maybe you're not even aware of the fact that you want an addition because you're so out of touch with your emotional body that, and I'm trying to mix metaphors here so that we can see the picture clearly, but what you're doing is you're your destiny needs this addition on your house. You're unaware of your destiny because you're all caught up in the turmoil of your fate. And so this is taking place for the benevolence of your life, but you're interpreting as a malevolence in your moment. And because you're interpreting it as a malevolence in your moment, you're having a terrible time. And yet it's all being there for you. You are loved. You are supported. You are embraced by the universe. But you don't know it. You're not putting your attention on this. And energy flows where your attention goes. So your energy, your energy is focusing you on that which isn't working. So you're going to start promoting and building that which isn't working. Your subconscious, which wants to retain your existence, begins to tune in to that which isn't working because it's a little bit like an echo. It finds its direction from your greatest focus. And you're focusing on, why does, it stop? why does it keep not working? Why does it not work? Why? Do you want an answer to why does it ever, never work? Do you really want to know why it will never work? <laughs> I don't ever want to hear that answer. Okay, why will it never work is not a good answer to get.
right? But in our emotional being, we will often, if not audibly and if not verbally, we will often ask that question emotionally with our total sense of disgust. Like the incredible disgust that everyone that has a brain and an emotional body at a conscious level is feeling with the world situation in this moment. With the amount of destruction, the destruction of lives and species that will never be returned, the destruction of ecosystems that cannot be reconstructed, the bigotry and the bias in life that cannot promote life. Life is promoted by those cultures of those species that live for each other, not at each other. And we are existing in this world right now in the most horrendous moment of this world's history. So if you focus on the horrendous moment that we live in, you will not be having a good time. But if you ignore the horrendous moment that we live in, you will not be in touch with time. So your balance has to be just like that. You have to be able to balance and have this pelvic bowl equally operating between the intention of your left side and the motivation of your right side and the inspiration of your lower spine so that it is working in inverse to the dome of the earth and it is synchronized with the movement of your diaphragm which is opening and closing the sutures of the bones of your crown which is then allowing for the cerebral spinal fluid to flow up and down. It's like a pump. So tiny and so subtle. But it's a pump that moves the fluid up and down your spine. And this is what in bad moments you have these aha moments. You know, haven't you ever been in a really bad moment in a really tight situation and go, wow, I just caught a glimmer of an opportunity. Isn't it great, little kids, how they just, they're just expressing, they're opening up the envelope of their existence. Hmm? Some people still are. Right? And if you are with somebody who's opening up the envelope of their existence, consider it an honor. Because that means that their existence is going to be huge. And a lot of those kinds of sounds. For those of you online that may be not understanding what I'm talking about right now, there's a baby crying in the next room. That's what the uh, subtitle would be. So how do we solve this for a conscious life? How do we enable ourselves to live a conscious life? Well, we have to then construct what we're living in. We have to have a solid relationship with our physical form.
and we have to create a balance in our physical form to the best of our ability. And we have to realize that the balance in our physical form will not produce a result immediately. That there is a long trajectory of this bell curve. So if you think that you go in for a moment and have a discussion, and that you will come out of that moment with a solution that has an actuality, then you are living in a fantasy. Because the only way is to have that discussion and then have it break down. And then have that discussion gently and have it break down. And have that discussion gently and have it break down. And you cannot break down when the discussion breaks down. Because what you're doing is you're layering the effects, either in the positive or in the negative. And so what you do with your physical body is that you get it so that it is somewhat flexible. And you get it so that it is somewhat flexible, and then you get it so that it actually can move in ways that will give the energy. Why do we get our arms up like this to enhance the heart center? Why do we get our legs like this to open up the pelvic center? Why do we get our legs like, I'm showing you what the class is. Why do we get our legs like this in order to open up the, what's called the dead zone in the middle of the back, right behind the heart center? If that's a dead zone, then your shoulder blades are shields. If that's an open zone rather than a dead zone, then your shoulder blades are actually wings. And that's why when you would see these pictures of angels, where do their wings come out of? Their shoulders? No. It comes out of these blades in the back. Because that is the area in which you can soar. Or that is the area in which you can just hunker down, and hide. It even says in the Bible that a prophet is never known in their own hometown. And why is a prophet not known in their hometown? Because the hometown is holding on to their memory of how that person used to be. So you cannot grow in an environment in which somebody holds you to what you used to be. And that's why people leave home. That's why there are so many breakups. That's why all of this. So we have to understand that what Yogi Bhajan said it very clearly in 20th century language. Don't take still photos in a moving scene. Because a still photo will capture a moment and it's always changing. So we get our body to become flexible so that it can have a flexible relationship with the moment. We then get our emotional body to become more stable. Our emotional body needs to be flexible but stable. It's supposed to be like the putty of a locksmith's case. They used to make keys by by casting them. And so they would take the old key and they would push it into putty. And then they would make a, 
a plaster casting of that, which would then create the, the wax mold and blah, 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 blah. And they would go back and forth and then they would cast a key. And that little box of putty had to be very pure because it had to just take the impression and hold that impression. So your emotional body cannot be so whimsical, so overly flexible that it doesn't hold the impression. Because then you will feel like a leaf in the wind. But it cannot be so rigid that it doesn't, it refuses to take an impression. In other words, it's always applying some old feeling to this new moment. So your emotional body must be vulnerable. It must take the impression, which means that you're going to have to experience your experience without interpreting it as painful. Because the moment you interpret your experience as painful, your openness to the experience will go away because you will move into protection mode. And when you move into protection mode, you are not experiencing the moment. You are bringing those old paragraphs into the moment and you're saying, ah, there you go again. This is what you mean. And you're just applying all this enormous interpretation to a moment that has nothing to do with the moment because you've been triggered. So your, emotion, your physical body flexible, your emotional body impressionable, and be able to hold the impression. And then you can turn your mental body into a full-on relationship with the universal mind and make it intuitive so that it begins to access real information. And it's so positively accurate. Real information that fits in the impression that you've just emotionally taken of the moment because your physical body was flexible enough to allow you to. And suddenly, you are lost. <laughs> Completely lost because and confused because you are in this moment not in your memory and when you're in this moment this moment is brand new and so if your need is to know you don't and if your need is to know and you don't you're confused that's, these are the interpretations. So Yogi Bhajan said, your backup is that you always know that you know via your commitment. It's just that simple. Somebody in the back of the room one time when Yogi Bhajan was teaching raised their hand and said, Sir, what do I do about my confusion? I'm always confused. And he said, if you find out, let me know. Because I am also always, if I want to be confused, I'm always confused. I don't interpret it as confusion. I just interpret it as newness. I interpret it as the unknown. I have entered again into the unknown. And I look at it as, a, he's, this is him talking, I look at it as a very positive thing. 
I don't have any idea what's going on, but I'm committed to the outcome. And therefore, the outcome has to take place. Because what did I say a moment ago? I remember I was standing, I was walking back over right over there. This guy that was walking right over there said, you are fully embraced by the universe. Say, I am ready, willing, and able now to experience change, challenge, opportunity, and growth. Knowing that I am loved and supported, nurtured, and embraced by the universe. I am ready, willing, and able now to experience change, challenge, opportunity, and growth. Knowing that I am supported, loved, and nurtured, and embraced by the universe. Knowing that I am loved, nurtured, supported, and embraced by the universe. So then I didn't feel so bad about being born in 1945 in the wrong, <laughs> at the wrong time in the wrong country. <laughs> back, back to my original point, yeah? And you don't have to feel so bad about the stuff that happens when it happens because it is the disruption that is going to enable the construction. And if you're not aware of the arc, then you're simply just not aware of that arc in your destiny. Don't be concerned. Be committed. It must work out. And how can you get your vessel to sail those oceans in order for it to work out? Create a balance in your world. Create a balance with your pelvic bowl, with your diaphragm, with your left leg and your right leg. Create a balance with your voice so that you really actualize that this here, this reticular formation doesn't control your world, that's your instinctual formation, doesn't control your world. And so that the parietal lobes, which is that stored noise of intellect, also don't control your world. You want to make sure that the parietal lobes and the reticular formation, that noisy intellect, right, that chatter, and the instinct, the, the behavioral reactions, don't control your world. Because if they kick in before you can get into contemplative mode, then you will design something for which you will have to be correct. Because you won't ever want to be wrong. And then you will argue that point until it's pointless. 
Have you ever have you ever tried this? I know as little kids we tried this. You know, when the, when the automatic pencil sharpeners first came out, <laughs> did you ever go? Gone, huh? And you know what they then did? They then worked out a governor on them so that they would sharpen to a point and then stop, so that you couldn't do that anymore. I think it was a mother that designed the uh, the additional piece because all the pencils were disappearing. But just understand that you will grind a point till it's pointless if you can. And once you once you get once you get unhinged on your emotional body's disconnect, you will grind a point till it's pointless. In addition to that, recognize that today's class and this early portion of this year's class is all about bringing yourself into that state of mastery so that you can align with the year and be in touch with your surroundings intuitively. And in that way, you'll be able to respond rather than react. And you'll be able to respond to the moment rather than than reacting to your history. So that's what we're going to be working on this year. Love you. Satnam. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.